Well, welcome to the house of the Lord, everybody. Isn't it great to be on campus this morning? I, I love the, the electricity in the atmosphere, the fellowship, the, uh, just the, the, um, the community that we're experiencing here today. In some ways, I'm sorry to bring that to a close, but in other ways, it's what we've come to do, and that's to have church and worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. I do want to welcome you all here today. So glad you're here with us on campus and those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream. We are so glad that you've chosen to be a part of the service here at Grace Church today, and I know it'll be a blessing to you. As we've been announcing, today is a very special Sunday, and it's the Sunday that we have set aside to honor our graduates. Grace Church is proud of our 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 students, our adults, all of those that accomplish great things. And uh, we like to take a moment out of the service this time of year and pay honor to whom honor is due. Amen. So that's what we're going to do right here this morning for just a few moments. And I uh, pray you'll join with me uh, in, in honoring these graduates today. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. That's the title of a book. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. It's a book written by Charlie Mackesy, and it was a bestseller of 2019. It was the Barnes & Noble Book of the Year and the Waterstones Book of the Year in 2019. It's a, it's a short book. It's kind of almost a storybook. It's a fun and often lighthearted look at friendship and kindness and bringing people together. And at one point in the story... The boy has the following conversation with the mole. So you can kind of tell this is, a, this is a kind of a fantasy type story. The boy and the mole have a conversation. Do you have a favorite saying, asked the boy. Yes, said the mole. Well, what is it, asked the boy. The mole replies, if at first you don't succeed, have some cake. To which the boy replied, I see, does that work? And the mole said, every time. That's a good life lesson there, isn't it? If at first you don't succeed, have some cake. Well, these folks that we're honoring today, these graduates, in order to succeed, they did more than have cake, I assure you. Although I do suspect that they had a lot of coffee to stay up in those late night study sessions, and often where there's coffee, there's cake, but... They had to work hard. They had to push through some setbacks. They remained dedicated to their objectives. And in the end, they have accomplished some very meaningful things. And as their Grace Church family, we celebrate with them today. Jim Rohn made a very powerful observation when he said, every life form seems to strive to its maximum except human beings. How tall will a tree grow? as tall as it possibly can. Human beings, on the other hand, have been given the dignity of choice. You can choose to be all, or you can choose to be less. Why not stretch to the full measure of the challenge and see what all you can do? And that's the end of Jim Rohn's quote. So these graduates today have accomplished great things. You've deserved the honor that comes with that. You certainly deserve to take a moment and appreciate just how far you've come. But I want to tell you today, far from being the end of your story, the accomplishment of graduation really represents a bright beginning. Kaylin Cooper, you have a college degree and you're working towards your master's. I just have a, if you would, have a seat right here by, by Ethan. I'm going to call you up in just a second. Kaylin, you've been working on your master's degree uh, or you, uh, you graduated working on your master's degree and then you're going to launch a career. Caitlin Cassidy, you've achieved a degree and you're working in a career in a very high calling. But I want to remind, remind you both today of the promise in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him and here's the promise, he shall direct your path. So as God directs your steps, with his help, I challenge you, never stop growing. 
Never stop dreaming. Never stop becoming a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday. Continue to reach for those things which are yet ahead and see what great plans God has in store for your life. May God bless our graduates today. So as I call your name, I do want you to come up. Pastor is going to present you with a gift, the most precious gift you could have from Grace Church, and that is the Word of God, a Bible, and you'll be blessed. So first today, we want to honor Kaylin Cooper. Kaylin graduated in December of 2021 from Louisiana State University with a Bachelor of Arts in English with a concentration in creative writing. Kaylin is currently working on her Master of Library Science, and while doing so, she is a student worker for scholarly publications. Kaylin's goals are finishing her master's degree and finding an apprenticeship. Great work, Kaylin, and we pray God's bless, best and blessings on you as you move forward in your education. Next, I want to recognize Caitlin Cassidy. Caitlin graduated in December 2021 from the Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady of the Lake University with a master's degree as a nurse practitioner. Caitlin passed her board exams on December 30th of 2021 and she is now employed at the Neuromedical Center and is working with two doctors who practice in general neurology and specialize in epilepsy and traumatic brain injuries. Caitlin has a son, Tanner, who is almost three, and a daughter, Lindy Kate, who is six months old. Congratulations, Caitlin, on a tremendous accomplishment with two small children. So again today, graduates, we pray God's blessings upon you. Make today a beginning, not an ending, and let God direct your path. Grace Church is with you. We're behind you. We want God's best for you. Let's give them another hand today, church family. Can we do that? for you guys. Noah, are you in the back? There you are. Come forward, please. So uh, Noah traveled this weekend to the campgrounds for a tournament called Bayou Blast. I think we have some pictures for y'all. Bayou Blast is unlike any other tournament because not only is it an open invitational that teams from all across the country come to, but it is a costume-themed tournament that everyone dresses up for. The theme this year was puns, and if you couldn't guess from the picture, maybe you can, uh, our team was Hawaiian Punch. <laughs> so Friday night is a night of food and fun, complete with full crawfish and games. And the competition starts Saturday, where we saw teams from Alaska, Maine, Indiana, Ohio, Florida, Arkansas, Texas, and Alabama. The competition is fierce at this tournament, because this is the tournament that everyone comes to before their state finals, where they will qualify for nationals, hopefully. So everyone is trying to hone their skills before they try to qualify for nationals. Noah's team had an exceptional tournament, and they placed third overall, losing only to the first and second place teams. So they did incredibly well. There were some amazing quizzers present at this tournament, and Noah placed among them on the all-tournament team as one of the highest scorers of the tournament. Now, Bayou Blast has a very respected and time-honored award called the Skunk Award. It's the only tournament to award this prestigious award. And uh, it is given to the quizzer in each division that has the most errors. <laughs> now, you might think this is a bad thing, but as history has proven, the best of quizzers win this award, mostly because they're getting so many questions each quiz that they're bound to miss a few. <laughs> it's an honor and always receives the highest of applause at Bayou Blast. And our 
Noah was the lucky winner of the Skunk Award. <laughs> it was a great tournament full of fun and fellowship. Noah represented us incredibly well in both his attitude and, of course, his, you know, performance. But overall, he is an amazing quizzer with a wonderful attitude, and this is all about placing God's word in his heart forever, and he knows at the heart of it that that's what this is. So thank you, Noah. We appreciate your time and your effort, and I thank you, church, for your continued support of quizzing. Well, thank you, Courtney. Congratulations, Noah. That's all right. Let's give him a hand. Absolutely. It's a lot of hard work. Thank you so much. Here, as you can see today, here at Grace Church, we do believe in giving honor to whom honor is due. That's what the Bible says, and that's what we spent a few moments doing. We truly, from our heart, want to know, want these folks to know how much we appreciate and honor their accomplishments. Good job, Noah. Let me remind you of a couple things on the church calendar this coming week. Of course, Tuesday, Tuesday morning prayer right here in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock. And then, uh, don't. speaking of quizzing, don't forget that next Saturday, right here on the campus, we're hosting a quiz tournament uh, right here at Grace Church. And I, it's a junior Bible quiz tournament, and I invite you to carve out a little time this Saturday to come up to the church and watch these quizzers quiz. It would, it would do you good. It would be worth it. You don't necessarily have to come and stay the whole day, but come and watch these quizzers for a little while. See what they do. See how hard they work. And how amazing it is to watch them just quote the Word of God uh, just all day long to be in that environment. So that's next Saturday right here on the Grace Church campus. Youth campers, don't forget you can register for youth camp on the Louisiana District website. And if you haven't done that already, you need to get in there and get that done because youth camp is just around the corner. Amen? Amen. Stand with me if you would, church family. Isn't it great to have an opportunity to come and worship the King of Kings? and worship the Lord of Lords. I've come with expectation today, and I believe there's going to be some great things happen before we leave. Clap your hands to Jesus as the praise team leads us into his presence.
heart that's in this room today is, is truly dynamic, it's truly powerful. I, I believe God is here today to do a work in the lives of many people here today. There's things all over the house today that God would like to address if we will open our heart to Him, if we will just be submissive to the moving of the Spirit. There are some things that God wants to do here today. Let's everybody pray one more time, shall we? All across the building. Let's everybody pray one more time that God would have His way, that God would have His way. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God. Last Sunday, I preached to you a message that came straight from my heart. I believe it came straight from the throne room of God. The title of it was Silly, but I titled it that way so you wouldn't forget it. I preached to you last Sunday, this Clovis doesn't want to be touched. I want to let everybody here today know that if you, if you would like to Embrace the Spirit of the Lord just a little bit. He's here to accommodate that. If you're just willing to let the Lord touch you, just, just touch your heart, touch your life. So great to see everybody here today. Thank you so much for coming. Those of you joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, we welcome you as always. And uh, to all of our guests here today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. We welcome you today with all of our heart. I want to go to the Word of God today, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. And while you're getting prepared for that, I congratulate our graduates today. God bless both of you for such an outstanding achievement, uh, certainly worthy of recognition, of recognition and uh, to our sweet Noah today, uh, so accomplished as a quizzer and uh, has... I don't know that he's ever come home from a quiz tournament without a ribbon of some sort or a trophy of some sort. He excels in that and does very well, and we're so very proud of Noah today. Exodus chapter 3, a very familiar reading, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. He said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the land. He promised to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, a large land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the land of the Canaanites, and so on. Now therefore, verse 9, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly. I will be with thee, 
And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. I just felt a nudge in the spirit that somebody's going to experience something like a burning bush experience here today. You're going to see God in a way you've not seen before. I want to speak to you for a little while today. God is here. And he cares. God is here right now. And no matter what you think, he does care. Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. God bless you and thank you. You may be seated. I would like to ask you today, would you like to be touched by the hand of God today? And I hope all here today are willing for that to happen. It's amazing to me that God would manifest himself in one of the most popular theophanies in the Bible. A theophany is basically simply God manifesting himself in nature. That one of the most popular theophanies, one of the most popular manifestations of God through the conduit of of nature that's found in the Bible, he did it as a way to show his people that he knows where they are and how truly he cares. So perhaps there may be people here today that are at a point in their life right now where you're tempted to question God. I've been there. I've been there recently. We feel like God is a million miles away. And if you'll accept my very crude expression here today, if God cares, he has a funny way of showing it. We feel like he's beyond our reach, that he has withdrawn himself somewhere else outside of our world. We find ourselves so consumed with stress and heartache and heartbreak, we wonder if God even cares at all. I've even asked, God, what is the point in all of this? Like for all of us to have a moment of honesty here today, there are things that happen in this life that we simply do not understand. There's a lot of things that happens in this life that we simply do not understand. We don't understand why a young father loses his life at an early age. We don't understand that. We don't understand why a husband, father, grandfather is taken from us quickly without any notice, without any preparation whatsoever. Why does a mother with two young children die in an automobile accident? Why was a drunk driver that killed that family able to walk away without a scratch? Why do tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes occur? And then hundreds are left dead and thousands are left injured and homeless. Why do all of us face financial struggles and can't seem to get ahead? Why? Do these, why do these things happen to us seemingly so frequently? Why do those test results come back positive? And then after that, our lives are changed forever. There are many things that we do not understand and, and we will not understand, at least not in this life. God's chosen people, His Chosen people, not his random people, but God's chosen people have faced difficulty throughout history. And as we arrive at our text today, we see that God's people are in bondage, they're in slavery, they have faced unbelievable, terrible times. And that has been the case now for them for the past 400 years. There's no doubt that they too question A, if God really existed, B, if He does, does He really care about them? So, as we read these few verses, we will see not only is God there, but He does care. I'll remind all of us here today that the book of Exodus records. One of the greatest miracles in the Old Testament 
even perhaps in the Bible, with the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt and how God called Moses to do it through a burning bush. The whole thing sounds completely and totally unbelievable. It sounds like something out of a fantasy land somewhere. Something you can't get your head around or comprehend. It's amazing to me that Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt right in the face of the greatest army, the greatest military that existed on the planet at the time. And they stood there seemingly powerless to do anything to stop it. Again, it sounds like a fantasy. And it all started with God speaking so bizarrely to a shepherd man who had such a bizarre life story speaking to him out of a burning bush. Is anybody on board with me yet this morning? There are some truths in these verses that may help some folks here today. Truths of not what was going to happen, but truths of what did happen. Truths that people experienced. Promises come to pass that people were able to literally experience in their lifetime. It was an eye-opener for them when it came to any feelings they had whatsoever about God, His existence, and if He cared about people or not, especially those who were suffering. The Bible made it clear that God, in the face of all the terrible things that happened to these people, He was there and He had a plan. He had a plan all along. The escape that the Jews made that night from Egypt was not just something God thought of just off the cuff. He wasn't just sitting in heaven one day and said, oh, I've got an idea. He knew how all of this was going to fall out the moment Joseph moved his family to Egypt. He knew how it was all going to end. I submit to somebody here today, doesn't matter how long you've lived, how many birthdays you celebrated, and your vast array of experiences with God, with God's people, with people in the world, with people outside of relation. None of that matters. David said, God knew me before I was conceived. Not before I was born. But before I was conceived, the Bible said that God has a unique way. Whether we really appreciate it or not, He has a way of somehow knowing our steps and knowing the paths that we take. So the first thing that God said to Moses as He was preparing Moses and introducing Moses to this crazy idea that I'm going to deliver my people. Now, I don't know how many they were. You hear all kinds of estimates. I've heard from seven, eight hundred thousand to three million. I don't know how many it was, but if it was more than one, it's still pretty miraculous. Considering who Egypt was, the military might they had, the knowledge they had, all of that. God saw their affliction. He told Noah that. He said, I see the affliction of my people. I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. God saw his people. I want to say today in passing quickly, it doesn't matter how lost you feel you are today. It doesn't matter how hopeless you feel today. It doesn't matter how hopeless the situation you're in right now feels to you today let me assure you with all of my heart that God sees your affliction he knows exactly where you are and God right now right now wants to step into your life and change everything yes he does you just have to be willing to be touched let's give the Lord some appreciation today God knows about it. He knows about everything. He knew 
where his children were in Egypt. And if you wanted to, you couldn't hide from God. Even if you wanted to, you could not hide from God. Notice what David says about the presence of the Lord in Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. You understand my thought afar off. You compass my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. And there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit and whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I Send up into heaven. Thou art there, and I make my bed in hell. Thou art there. God sees the heartaches. He sees the tears. He sees the burdens. He sees the ills, the fears. He sees the grief, the worry, the despair. He loves his own and longs to carry every one of them. Oh, yes, he does. No matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, God sees your affliction. He knows what you're going through. It is a fact that God sees your affliction. And as we move further on in this discourse between God and Moses, you'll find that not only does God see your affliction, but he hears your cries. He said, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. I want you to consider the life of the Israelites with me for a moment. They were born and bound in slavery. They worked under unbearable conditions. Their sons were born to die at Pharaoh's commands and all of these issues had gone on for many years. They were discouraged and probably wondered what is the use anymore in crying out to God. I read an interesting story just several days ago. A theological student came to the very infamous Charles Spurgeon one day greatly concerned that he could not grasp the meaning of certain verses in the Bible. The noted preacher replied kindly but firmly. He said, young man, allow me to give you this word of advice. Give the Lord credit for knowing things you don't understand. Hallelujah to God. I've had to accept that. I've had to realize that. I've sat at my desk and listened to people talk and pour their heart out when I didn't have an answer. It was all I could do to even scrape up some encouragement and try to give them a little bit of comfort. But this statement that Spurgeon made this week resonated. When I read it this week, it resonated in my ear to give God Give God credit for already knowing all the things that we don't understand. The psalmist said again in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord, he said, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and they were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. God knew what his children were facing in Egypt. He heard their cry. God knew of every tear that was shed. It doesn't matter how difficult your situation is. God knows and hears your cries. The question is, do you cry to Him? When you cry, is it to Him? Or is it to an addiction? Or is it to a bitterness? Or is it to a grudge? Or is it to an unforgiving spirit? When you cry, what do you cry to? I want to scrape everything, every ounce of fiber I have together in my heart today and submit to you. I want to encourage everyone that when you cry, when you cry, cry out to the Lord because He hears every word. He knows every thought and His heart is filled with compassion. His heart is filled with a desire to make your life better. His heart is filled with desire to live that burden that you carry and somehow make things in your life make sense. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how you feel. I 
I have learned this in my relationship with God through the years. He don't always make the bad situation go away. Bad situation go away. He doesn't. But what he does do is give you the strength and the ability to go through it. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God didn't make the death go away. He didn't make the valley of death go away. But he did go with the psalmist through it. God sees your affliction. God hears your cries. And finally we see in this exchange between Moses and God at the burning bush, God knows your sorrow. For I know their sorrows, he said. God knew about every strike of every whip in, the, in Egypt. God knew about the pain at the end of the day. God knew all about their sorrows. Isaiah 57 verse 15 declares, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. H.G. Bosch wrote about the piano lady next door. The title of his book. He said, when I was a very young boy, a dear neighbor who lived two doors down the street experienced a great sorrow. She often played and sang at her piano. But after this tragedy struck in her life, he wrote that the first song with which she would open her daily concert with, if you will, was the lovely hymn. The first time I heard it, I was a child. I must tell Jesus. These words made a deep impression on me as a child, and it made a deep impression on Bosch as a child when he heard his neighbor lady, after going through a tragedy, sat down at her piano and began to play and sing this song. Jesus came, the Bible said, as a man of sorrows. He knows what you are going through. We must tell Jesus about our trouble. We must tell him about our pain. We must tell him about our sorrow because he's really the only one that can sympathize and even empathize with us. Others may offer to console us and, as, and it is a Christian ministry to do so. But when all is left and we're all alone, when all of the friends are gone, when all of the family members are gone with all of their well-intentioned words, there's nothing left to say. It is to the Lord Jesus that we must turn for abiding sympathy and consolation. There's a big part of me that wished I could have come to this pulpit today with something else. I would love to see people on their feet shouting, preaching, pastor, and like to even see people maybe run in the aisles or something like that. But God shifted my spirit this week. And wanted me to come tell you that he's here and he cares. As you stand with me this morning, the devil have you believe otherwise he'll tell you that he'll try to convince you first of all foremost that there is no God then he'll try to convince you that there is a God but he's so out of tune and out of touch there's no point in even trying and then he'll try to convince you that God cares about everybody else but you while you look at the people across the aisle who's all dressed up and they got the big smile on their face and it looks like they're so happy. You say, how can God do all of that for them when I feel like I'm in such a terrible place? I felt it last Sunday and I feel it this Sunday. 
there's somebody here today that God wants to touch, but you just don't want really, you really don't want to be touched. I'm going to ask you to think about that in the next few moments. Why don't you try embracing the words of that old hymn, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus the right of road. All of my trials. I remember my mother singing this. I've laid in her lap as a child and heard her sing the best alto she could muster. I must tell Jesus. She didn't just sing that song. But I heard her on many occasions in her bedroom beside her bed telling Jesus all of her trials. I remember when her dad passed away. I remember when her brothers passed away. I remember when her eldest son passed away. I was there and was an eyewitness. She went to Jesus because she knew he heard her cry. He saw her affliction. and He cared about it. She told him all of her trials. I cannot bear these burdens along. And in, in my distress, the songwriter wrote, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for us all. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask Him, He will deliver, make of my troubles quickly an end. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. So if you cry today, would you would you cry out to him? God told Moses, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, a large land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. God moves from compassion to action. He will deliver the children of Israel from their bondage. Jesus came to free us from sin's bondage and to comfort us in times of suffering. Only God knows what you're facing and He will be there. He does care. preach this today if I've not experienced it a thousand times in my own life. I remember when my dad passed away the following year and a half, two years, I was 16 years old. I've never been through so much, if you'll excuse my expression, I've never been through so much hell in my life. I laid on the floor and held my little dog and cried for hours home alone. It seemed like God was everywhere else but where I was. But God knew what He was doing. I tried to end my life. He saved me. God knows what He's doing with our lives. I'm going to ask somebody here today to let Him touch your life today. Let Him touch your heart. your affliction he hears your cries and he knows your sorrows he does as they begin to sing softly I'd like for us to take a moment and just entertain the presence of the Lord with some heartfelt praise maybe there'll be some repentance going on maybe there'll be some worship but I want everybody to understand that you're here today and you're that you're in a room full of people that there's an unseen presence here today that's so real and wants to help so desperately. Let's pray together while they sing, Jesus, we love you today. And we 
ask you, God, to make your presence manifest. We know the omnipresence of Manifest your While they're singing, why don't everybody come? Everybody just come up around the front if you would. Everybody's welcome. Everybody talk to the Lord. Everybody just take a few moments and talk to the Lord. 